It's time to renew your mind, yeah It's time It's hard to focus on what lies in front of you If you're always looking behind Do you want truth? Maybe clarity The raw talent podcast is out here changing lives The day I went from dark to light is the same day I came to life And you can too Welcome to the Raw Talent Podcast And here's your host, Dave Talent Welcome, it's time to get real and raw again Today, ask a simple question why are we hiding? So during this podcast, I'm not calling anyone out or judging anyone who is hidden in life or is hiding now. I ask that question because I've asked that question and continue to ask the same question of myself. Why do I hide? Why are we hiding? Why do I hide? Why have I with- withdrawn from life and others in relationships a ton in my life? Now the answer, of course, is that we're afraid. We're scared of some sort of threat. The fear, the shame, guilt, you know, the hot wires in our subconscious, those sensitive areas that are sourced from hurt, betrayal, trauma, and inner scars. See, the challenge in life is whether this threat is real or perceived. You know, through our evolution, fear was and can be an emotion that electrifies our system to survive and to prevail, to excel. Sometimes, Fear, this real fear, is a good thing, right? And, and sometimes it is good to hide. You know, in an abusive relationship, it is good to hide, escape from the relationship, and protect oneself. You know, go gray if necessary. Our bodies prepare for fight, flight, or freeze in response to a real threat. If it's a real bear that creates this fear, our body's fear response is accurate and on point. Right? In war, threats are real. It's also why we hide for good reasons. We camouflage ourselves, our equipment, our positions, our movements, and beyond, because we're hiding from the enemy. We conceal ourselves from the enemy, so hiding can be a good thing when the threat is real, and we want to strike first. You know, in the art of war, we often want to appear formless or to conceal our intent, to hide our intent, our form, our strategy, uh, tactics, which may be crucial and extremely important to the success of the mission and objectives. You know, when the, when the threat is real, it reminds me of a meme I saw before, author unknown. You know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, except a bear, and a bear will freaking kill you. Right? So if we're assaulted or involved in a gunfight, the fear is real, and I highly advocate we take action and fight. You know, from personal experience as a police officer, I've been shot in the line of duty, There's no second place in a gunfight. Be first. Train well in preparation. But what about perceived threats or chronic stress? The challenge we face is that perceived threats and perceived fear and chronic stress, they can cause very similar fear and trauma responses in our body and our nervous systems. And ultimately, our fear responses of fight, flight, freeze, and hide may not be beneficial to our environment our relationships, our needs, musts, and wants, if that threat or fear or stress is perceived and not real. What about the limiting beliefs and the thoughts lurking under the radar in our subconscious minds, those hot wires that try to deceive us, deter us, or destroy us, like the beliefs, I'm not good enough, I'm not big enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not beautiful enough, etc.? Now, the good word, the Bible also gives us an indication of why we hide. 
So in Genesis 3, 9 to 11, we see Adam hear from God. All right. The Lord called to Adam, why are you hiding? And Adam replied, I heard you coming and I didn't want, to, I didn't want you to see me naked, so I hid. And then God responded, who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree that I warned you about? So why did, why did Adam hide? You know, why do we hide? Why am I hiding? Why did Adam hide? He was abundantly aware of his nakedness. And he did not want God to see him naked. So he hid. So to kind of frame this discussion today, I was going to ask a, basic, a couple questions. Where in our lives do we hide from God because we do not want him to see our nakedness? Our sins, our mistakes, our harm to others, our addictions, our lust for pleasure, our lust of the eyes, our lust for the flesh, our hidden spaces in our minds and hearts. Where do we hide from others in our intimate relationships, and in all relationships, because we are afraid of them seeing our nakedness. In other words, our needs, wants, desires, feelings, raw emotions, our vision, our passion, this is a key one. Our past mistakes, our trauma, our hurts and betrayals. Where have we hurt and betrayed others? Where have we sinned, lied, cheated, or stolen? Or our actual nakedness, right? We hide because we don't want them to see our actual naked, nakedness, our own bodies. And that can be from those limiting beliefs. And how does hiding impact the quality and full potential of our relationship with God our spouses, partners, our families, friends, and loved ones. So let's return to the story of Adam and Eve and see how this happened and how their knowledge of their nakedness is in the stark contrast to Genesis 2, 23 to 25. It starts with, verse 23 starts with, This is it, Adam ex exclaimed. She is part of my own bone and flesh. Her name is woman. And we continue in verse 24. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife in such a way that the two become one person. Now, although the man and his wife were both naked, neither of them was embarrassed or ashamed. Neither Adam nor Eve, neither one of them was embarrassed or ashamed. And the two became one, one flesh. You see, they were both naked and one. So in the pure peace and pristine condition, condition of the Garden of Eden, in the presence of God, Adam and Eve were one flesh, and not embarrassed, and not ashamed. Then along came a snake. Let me say that one again. Along came a snake. Let that one sink in. How many affairs started because along came a snake? Not a real, raw man not a real, raw woman of integrity, but someone who wanted what they wanted, pursued it, stole it from somebody else, and used the person they were having the affair with out of pure lust, pure selfish motives, self-seeking motives. They used the person, even though they probably professed love and all that other stuff, their soulmates, they used them. I was that snake. So again, I don't want to be a hypocrite here in this podcast. It's the raw podcast, right? Raw Talent Podcast. I was that snake. However, I was also on the re receiving end of the actions of snakes too. 
As I've learned the hard way, as it's written in Galatians 6, 7 to 9, God cannot be mocked. God cannot be deceived. We reap what we sow. The boomerang is always in play. It's always coming back. The law of cause and effect, what we put out there will come back as effect. We reap what we sow. So if we sow good things, we'll reap good things. If we sow bad things, we'll sow bad things. And it continues in that scripture that if we reap, if we sow from the Spirit, we'll reap from the Spirit. If we sow from the flesh, we'll reap from the flesh. We reap what we sow. In addition, in that uh, Genesis though, God warned Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis 2, 15 to 17. The Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden as its gardener to tend and care for it. But the Lord God gave the man this warning. You may eat any fruit in the garden except the fruit from the tree of conscience. This is one version of it. For its fruit will open your eyes to make you aware of right and wrong, good and bad. If you eat its fruit, you will be doomed to die. Another version of that is the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are, to, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So however, when they became aware of their nakedness, their shame and embarrassment, Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree that God expressly told them not to eat from in the Garden of Eden. The moment they ate from the tree, they became aware of their nakedness, their shame, and their embarrassment. And continuing from Genesis to chapter 3, we can kind of see how all this develops, how it happened. Again, along came the snake. The serpent was the craftiest of all creatures the Lord God had made. So the serpent came to the woman. Really, he asked, none of the fruit in the garden? God says you mustn't eat any of it. Of course we may eat it, the woman told him. It's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we're not to eat. God says we mustn't eat it or even touch it or we will die. That's a lie, the serpent hissed. You will not die. God knows very well that the instant you eat it, you will become like him, for your eyes will be open and you will be able to distinguish good from evil. The woman was convinced how lovely and fresh it was, so she ate some of the fruit. So they eat it. Adam and Eve eat from this fruit. And the minute they eat from it, they suddenly become aware of their nakedness and were embarrassed. So they strung fig leaves together to cover themselves around the hips. So through the lies, deception, and doubt created by the serpent, a snake, the master manipulator and deceiver, Adam and Eve fell from their relationship with God, and they became aware of their nakedness and shame and embarrassment followed, to the point that they hid from God, and they covered their nakedness. They covered their nakedness. So again, continuing to frame this conversation and get questions that can kind of zero in ourselves, how do we cover our nakedness in life in our relationships? Think about it. People can have sex and still cover their nakedness. Just I'm just going to be raw here, right? We're going to get a little raw. They can have sex with somebody and still hide. They can have the most intimate act with a human being and still hide because they're afraid of their inner nakedness, their hidden nakedness, or their actual nakedness, their bodies. Instead of being fully seen and fully known, people hide. And again, instead of being fully seen and fully known, many people settle for superficial and shallow experiences of the sex act. 
of sex. And the fleeting cocktail of chemicals and hormones that we know do not last. They do not fulfill that void inside of us. They don't fulfill us long term. It's only by being fully known and fully seen and centered spiritually on God that builds an intimacy that lasts and makes the intimacy of sex exponentially connected. Being fully known, fully seen, and centered on spiritually on God. I like to follow the Fredericks, Ryan and Selena Frederick, from the uh, Fierce Marriage podcast. I've seen their videos and their content. I've bought several of their books. And one of them is called See Through Marriage experiencing the freedom and joy of being fully known and fully loved. You can check them out on Facebook, YouTube, or at their website, FierceMarriage.com. Now, again, I get nothing from endorsing them. I don't even know them. Again, all I'm doing here is paying it forward and praying that you benefit from their message of being fully known, seen, and loved, and being fierce in marriage. But the key is to be fully known, to be fully seen, to be fully loved. Like I've mentioned previously in the last podcast, anything hidden will be revealed in the light. And anything hidden in a relationship will create cracks and gaps in the foundation of the relationship. And over time, over the long term, if these hidden cracks and gaps are not attended to, the pressures of life, the relationship, the environment, nature, other people, other stressors will expand those gaps into wide chasms. And how does that manifest in relationship? How does hiding our nakedness show up in relationships? How does it manifest? It manifests as disconnection, ultimately disconnection. And like we've talked about in the last uh, podcast before another previous episode, no truth equals no connection. No vulnerability equals no connection. Truth equals connection. Vulnerability and clarity equals connection. And this applies to all relationships, just not your intimate ones, not with your spouse, all relationships. Transparency is the key to see the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and to stay in the relationship and love the other fully and unconditionally. To love others and our partners and our spouses the way God and Jesus Christ love us and taught us to love others in covenant. To love our children and our friends the way God loves us the way Jesus Christ taught us to love others. And that can be a challenge, right? In the last episode, we talked about how clarity and connection are created and maintained by truth and vulnerability. We achieve clarity and connection through truth and vulnerability, by consistent truth and vulnerability. Consistency. In the previous podcast, I shared a story where I held space for my sons to speak truth and to clearly share with me how I showed up. I asked him a question again, how did dad show up as a dad, as a dad coach in sports, as, as, again, as a father, as a husband to their mother, my ex-wife, a Marine, how did I show up as a Marine, how did I show up as a police officer from their perspective? And I had hid this conversation or this line of thinking from them for a long time. And I rationalized that I was a good dad. I was a provider. I provided for them. They didn't go wanting. I was a good dad, and especially in the way I provided for them or, or coached them. That's, that was my thought process. However, when I opened myself up to an experiment of, of truth and vulnerability with my sons, hearing the truth was brutal and extremely tough, but it was liberating. It freed me from the shame, 
guilt and embarrassment and the knowledge of the many bad experiences in our journey in our journey the experience was blended with like love and grace much like the story of the prodigal son yet in many ways i was the prodigal dad i was no longer ashamed and my sons and i were children of god we were united we were wonderfully made in god's image and we were one and united fully we were clear and we were connected as i mentioned throughout my journey as a parent i had many moments in the pit, in the dark, in the darkness. From the stress and trauma experienced on the job as a police officer, having been shot in the line of duty, or having witnessed or experienced trauma cumulatively or vicariously on the job, the stress of a failing marriage, the stress of relationship failing, uh, living paycheck to paycheck financially and beyond, I was abundantly aware of my nakedness, and I would withdraw from everyone. I would hide from everyone even God. Disillusioned and down for the count on many occasions, I would ask God why. Having experienced being shot, going into the pit, I, I, I would often ask God, why did he save me during that event? When a drunk driver shot me in the vest, and my vest spared me by less than an inch. An inch higher on my vest, an inch above my vest, and it would have entered my, my chest right in front of my bicep. So I would ask God, like, why did he save me? What was the point of all of it in my life? God is faithful, of course, and he answered those questions. And as I discussed in my previous episode, 1618, God revealed to me in his unique way that my sons were the point. They were the lesson. They were the reason. They were my spiral into creation. They were my legacy and creation that would spiral into generations and generations by the golden ratio. And I had been studying at that point the golden ratio, uh, and that ratio is 1.618. And as, as, as God showed me that, he shed light on my son's jersey numbers while they were standing in a lacrosse goal taking a picture. And they were both wearing jerseys in this order, 16, 18, 1.618. So again, in that moment, I knew that I could rise into the light and not stay in the pit God was faithful. God would answer my questions. And then once again, I knew and experienced this awareness. I realized that truth equals connection. No truth, no connection. Truth equals clarity. No truth equals no clarity. And for many years, I had no real, raw connection. I had no real and raw clarity with my relationship, with my spouse, with my sons. I had no real, raw connection and clarity. As I went through coaching myself, I had learned that many men and women hide and they sedate themselves in many unhealthy and disconnected ways. Some work in excess, like workaholics, right? They're always at work. They stay at work. They don't want to go home. That's a key part if you're working in excess. You don't want to go home, right? If you've ever experienced it, I've experienced it. You just don't want to go home. You want to hide. Alcohol is another way to suppress and hide our true feelings. It's another way to show up in a way that's not real and raw. It's just we're showing up as fake, but it's another way to hide. Drugs, obviously. Television, where we just binge watch shows, right? We just are, are going to hide from, from real world, and we're just going to stay locked in, in a room and watch TV for days on end. Social media, the internet, scrolling on social media constantly, porn, Lust, superficial sex or casual sex, sports, etc. 
Now, not all these things are bad, right? I mean, going to a sports game is not bad, right? But if you're going to spend the entire weekend watching sports and not connecting with your family, that's, that's when it becomes detrimental, right? So while some things can be great or good in moderation, like sex, it's designed by God, right? Sex is designed by God for a covenant relationship in marriage. I'm talking about the things that people use to suppress their true feelings or to even simply show up, right? To just be present, they have to use these things. I'm talking about the, the things that people hide uh, behind. They hide behind them. They create no real and true connection with others. I ultimately found myself often withdrawing. My go-to was to withdraw to my office, my cave, or my bedroom, my other cave, and just mindlessly scroll on the internet just to be disconnected, just to be away from the chaos. Even reading books at times was a way that I would sedate. Again, of course, reading books is great, right? Unless I'm using them to hide and escape and to be away from other people for hours on end, maybe even days on end, right? And of course, uh, by withdrawing, that led to cracks of disconnection and that grew into chasms of disconnection. And finally, divorce, right? The ultimate, you know, divorce is the ultimate disconnection. It was only when I chose to seek God, truth, wisdom, and clarity in every area of my life, especially my relationships with God and my sons, that connection and clarity was, was, was restored in my life. Restored. And again, one of my podcasts, I talk about being spared, restored, and blessed. So by seeking God, truth, and wisdom, connection and clarity was, was, was restored in my life. And it continues to this day with God, my wise, in my life my family, and beyond. I have learned that we grow strong through resistance to truth and vulnerability. Just like we grow strong through resistance training, resistance strength training, right? We grow strong through that resistance. So I know it's challenging to stand in truth and vulnerability at times and to be exposed in our nakedness, but that resistance creates growth and it creates strength. So if we want to create and cultivate clarity and connection and rise above our nakedness, our shame, right? if we want to rise above our shame, our guilt, our past mistakes, our trauma and beyond, we must walk through the door of truth and vulnerability. And to prevent those cracks from growing into chasms, wide chasms, I have learned that we can shine light on anything hidden in life and relationships, and we will fill in the cracks and heal. So I advocate that we step into the light and live in the real, raw truth to, to stay united and to stay connected. As we conclude today, I encourage us to step into the light of truth and transparency and to see the abundant possibilities and blessings in our life. The key is to face the man or woman in the mirror. During coaching I went through in the past, I literally stood in front of a mirror naked. Again, you're standing in front of a mirror. The mirror doesn't lie. It's factual. It sees what it sees. Okay, it is what it is. However, I understand that our frame and our minds, our limiting beliefs about what we see may distort things, our limiting beliefs. However, by standing in front of that mirror, I can still learn to love myself, knowing that I'm wonderfully made in the image of the Creator, in the image of God, and still choose, I can still choose, based on the facts I see, I can still choose to grow, get fit, and rise to my God-given potential. It all starts with facing our nakedness, our actual nakedness, 
our inner nakedness, our spiritual and emotional nakedness. We can do the work and do the shadow work as individuals. However, the real test comes when we stand in the mirror of others that we are in relationship with in life. Our relationships are mirrors, and these mirrors reach deep into the shadows as well as the light, deep into the triggers, insecurities, old patterns of behavior, and old limiting beliefs, old hurts, old trauma, all of that. The mirror of our relationships exposes us, our nakedness, and the deepest parts where we are hiding. So as we close today, ask ourselves, can we be naked and unashamed standing in front of that mirror? Can we be naked and unashamed in the mirror of our spouse? Can we be exposed and hold space for our children to clearly reveal what they think, feel, and see in us and how we're showing up as parents. And again, in line with Philippians 4, 6 to 13, where it advocates that we don't worry, right? Don't become anxious. Can we rise above fear and our nakedness and worry? And can we think truly upon all things true, right? Can we put our thoughts on all things true, all things clear? And then finally, the final question as we leave today, finally, why are we hiding? Again, why are we hiding? And please remember in response to that question, though, please remember you are, we are wonderfully made in the image of the Creator. And let's love others, all of us, let's love others in all of their nakedness the way God loves us. Let's love others in all of their nakedness the way God loves us. Peace and blessings. Until the next time we're together, keep rising and rise again. Continue to rise as we transform through and over our minds. Continue to seek all things true and all things free. Continue to seek that clarity in every area of our life. Remember to find the good, find the peace, find the blessings in your life, and all the things that we're grateful for. Most importantly, all glory be to God and the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus Christ. Thank you.